Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. He gets less of a chicken. It, like, the wings go, the legs fall off, and he's just got a plump breast left. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Pierre Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has Welcome back to the History of Tottenham podcast with Alexander Moneypenny. It's the history. It's the history of Tottenham. Of the, to- <laughs> of the Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, but Tottenham, it's the history of the Tottenham. Uh, they, uh, they always uh, created many chances and scored so much, but at the end they miss always something to arrive uh, at the end. We, we believe in the history, I think. <laughs> Oh. I like you, you still haven't introduced yourself. It's Bradley Adams. How you yeah, doing? Bradley Adams. Bradley Adams. Hi, mate. How are you? I'm good. I am very, all things considered, after a 1 0 loss, I'm all right. Um, yeah. Like, I'm just I th- I th- Obviously, mood. I think the Tottenham, yeah, I think the Tottenham news has perked us up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it sort of feels like a win, if anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that we've like, gone through and. It's like Mourinho's oh. anti football has gone, gone so far back that it becomes a win for Arsenal. Sort of like, like you know how like the far right and the far left, like they they get so close that they close, <laughs> almost that basically touch. Basically, each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so good. Um. So listen, we're through. Um. And I feel like a, a phrase that will be repeated a lot this podcast is, "Well, it wasn't pretty, but we're through," and that is basically how I feel. Um, yeah, I think that is just that is almost the perfect phrase to label this game in the thank you it it it, it is it, i mean it it is what it is like it, it is, is that is a perfect dis- perfect description of you know the game of football we've just watched because even though by xg we had like 2.5 and they had 0.71 i think that more comes from like obviously obviously we didn't take our chances but even especially in the first half we just weren't looking we set. We can get onto it when we talk about the lineups. When we talk about the game, but I think we just set up to, to to nullify and to just draw it out. Basically, yeah. I don't yeah. think we were ever looking to go out and score one or two. And you you texted me before that we we were with the lineup that we had out. We were likely to struggle when it comes to creating chances. Yeah, it was. It was a strange one. Like I, I felt as though. I mean, I thought we'd start Aubameyang. And I'm glad we did. And I thought mm. we'd start Pepin. I'm glad we did. I think Williams up with a calf issue or something. I don't know. It just, it was a bit of a weird game. I, I'll be honest, mate. It was a bit dull. Like I watched sort of. Oh yeah. I think about half an hour in, I started, you know, when you start, <laughs> you know, you start opening like random apps on your phone and you're not quite sure why you've opened the app. <laughs> like, why am I on my notes or on my phone? <laughs> when you're on Twitter when when you're on Twitter, you've been scrolling through Twitter, and then you decide, oh, do you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So you like close the app and stuff, and then 
like so- swipe across and then just swipe back and go yeah. straight back on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and like you're just like, you, you you've just not processed that you've actually made the decision to come off of Twitter. That was this game. Oh. It was that, that and, was, and I mean yeah. as as brain dead as some of the decisions we were making. Um, yeah, it was oh. it was a. To be honest, like quality-wise, especially that first half, it was a, it was a real game of two halves, wasn't it? Forty-five minutes yeah, in both, yeah. oh um, my god! And they would have been looking to win the game. I hate all those fucking platitudes about oh, oh yeah, game of two halves. I mean, they they'll, they'll be looking to win the game at this point, won't they? Yeah, probably, probably, mate. You're right. No fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, no one's looking yeah. to lose it, are they, Jamie? Right yeah. now. <laughs> oh, please tell me. Wait, please tell me you saw the Jermaine Genus tweet. Oh, about the social media when he's when he's in a car and he's like running away from the Arsenal fans or whatever. Oh my god, I I, I need to fucking. So he's tweeted. It's a it's it's footage of him driving a car and the caption is live footage of me trying to escape all these Arsenal fans attacking my social media. Yeah, you got the win. Let's talk come the end of the season, maybe after your after Europa League final. Oh, that's such a shame. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Jermaine, him, you just don't understand football. Oh, Jermaine, that's such a shame. Um, yeah, no, it was just a, it was it was a pretty boring game, and then just second half we had so many chances. I mean, Abamyang missed, I think, three big chances. Uh, oh, mate, his game by numbers, I've got it here. It's, yeah, go it's ridiculous, you know, Aaron, our dear friend, Aaron Catterson Reed. It is Aaron Catterson Reed, isn't it? I'm not being an idiot. Probably just Catterson Reed, not Catterson Reed. It's oh, not like going mur- uh, like to murder him. <laughs> a 5.6 uh, statistical rating, 94 minutes played, one shot on target, three shots off target, one dribble attempt, zero successful, three big shot ch- chances missed, 14 accurate passes, and only 36 touches. Like, just fucking horrendous. That is really poor. Like, that's not it's, a good game. It's, yeah, it, that's like that's that's garbage. And that's it, it's, really it was. Garbage. I think the thing that epitomizes this game for me was um, the moment where he's through on goal, plenty of time, but makes the decision for some reason to try and chip it on his weaker foot rather than yeah. curl it with his stronger foot. Would you? What was that about? Because I mean, I, I mean, I've I heard the, the phrase like, "Oh, you know, sometimes strikers have too much time." But I'm a bit like, "Is that true?" Like, you're a world class striker. You've got all this experience. You're what, 31? We're paying you 350 whatever grand a week. You've got yeah. to be burying those. You've got to be oh, burying those. And there was another one like, where Sabios plays him through, and he's he's got a score. He's got to score. Yeah. He's got to score. It, I think it, it was just one of those days, wasn't it, where it, sem- it just seemed like everything that could go wrong for him did. And and the one shot he got on target was a brilliant flick back uh, that, yeah, that he pulled actually. out a great save for, you know? So yeah. it is... It's it, it, He should be burying those opportunities. And again, yeah. th- it is just... I think it. We're lucky it's happened in a situation that hasn't come to hurt us. Yeah. Because in another game, say, and uh, you know maybe they don't get their red card, and one of their off, ch- like one of their random, like say one of their free kicks happens, like what the Benfica free kick where they just smashed it top corner. It's a completely different tie. Mm. Yeah, so completely. It. Um, 
it is I, it is just like I'm not I don't really feel negative about it because obviously it, it's weird that you know we've 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 lost today but won the tie and it, I think it, I feel almost like contradictory like contradictory in how, yeah like, do you know yeah, what I yeah. mean it feels like yeah, weirdly yeah. like I, I'm like a bit oh well it was a bit shit but also like we're in the quarterfinals so I don't really care Mm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one. I I feel like the players. It's a difficult one to get yourself up for mentally because, especially coming off after a big North London derby, a big win, and especially with someone like Abamyang who's just been dropped, he's probably he's probably look. It's probably one of them cases where he's probably trying a bit too hard, and that he's trying to prove himself and trying to you know really because he did have the chances and he did get in the right positions. He was just scrapping it every single time. Um, yeah, yeah, weird one. Um, right, let's get into it. Arsenal nil, Olympiacos one at the Emirates Stadium. Arsenal through to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Um, little random stat for you, Brad. Uh, the two teams we faced the most ever in European competitions are Olympiacos with twelve, and can you name the other one? Bayern Munich. It is Bayern Munich, Brad. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Do you know what I listened to the other day, Brad? The what? The Christmas quiz we did, you had an absolute stinker. Oh my god! I, I, I think I did get the harder of se- of certain you, sets you of certainly questions, did, though. But oh that my first god! Round, <laughs> that first round, Jesus Christ! I pulled the Lev Yashin one right out of my ass, and then I all like I just could, who the fuck knows who else Pele played for for fuck's sake? Like, hot, like most of the shit you. didn't happen in the first place. It wasn't fucking me. Not you. Uh, uh, anything on the lineup? Um, interesting to see Nelson and Inketia back on the bench. You texted mm. me about their inclusion. Um, I, I mean, who scored got us down as a four-two-three-one? But I think that we set up more in that four-three-three. Kind of, I don't think we because I, I think I don't. I, I didn't see a lot of Sabios at ten. Maybe that was just me, and um, because you know we we were quite shit, and he was quite shit. Um. But it felt more like a compact three midfield separated from a front three rather than a five and a six. Yeah, like I know what you mean. Line, I, I think I think from the lineup we sort of thought it might be three in the midfield because we obviously had three centre mids. But to be honest, I thought Sabalos did come forward quite a lot. Um, I, I'm, I, I mean, it, they said something on BT Sport at halftime. Oh, he's you know auditioning to play the number ten. Uh, he's not going to get the role. Let me tell you that for free. Um, <laughs> but like. I think he was kind of bursting through from the midfield. I mean, to be honest, like I remember the game, the last game against Olympiacos, he is such a headless chicken. And Ceballos has some yeah. great moments and he can really retain a ball. Like he's a really good ball retainer, especially in the final third. And he can wriggle really well. But oh my God, is he, and he just clucks. And the, the more you bite at him, the more the headless chicken, he gets less of a chicken. It, like the wings go, the yeah. legs fall yeah. off and he's just it got just... a plump breast left. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes it just goes tits up for him bless him you know he's Wait, like tits breast love it you didn't mean it that it is but just it like you. A, <laughs> thanks mate thank you just fucking reeling that free little gag um yeah it it was just what again almost in in a litany or a line of these performances for him where I think maybe the reason that I I don't I felt like we were in a four three three and you probably noticed it more than I did, but because he was so ineffective when he was bursting forward, like yeah. he was doing nothing. Yeah. You yeah. know, he had that one decent ball f- for Abamyang's chance, and that kind of felt like it. 
for yeah. 90 minutes of football playing in a number 10. And it changed the game when he came off and we, we looked a, a lot better. And I just think that this, it, it seems like a massive drop-off from somebody who, for the Spanish under-21s, was the star player of the under-21 tournament that they won. I don't know if it was the Euros or the World Cup or something. Um, had a decent season last season. You know, you you texted me about the Burnley masterclass that you put on. And now just seems to be like so, so far off the pace for for almost like he's playing currently for me like a bottom five Premier League club quality player. And for somebody who was once touted with such uh, such kind of potential and opportunity to to become a world class player, you know, and moving from Betis to Madrid for... I mean, a decent amount of money for a youngster, probably not in today's market, but it just seems to have massively fallen away for him. Yeah, I think I think it's consistency in the team. Like he's just uh, slightly. I mean, also the fact that he's not a particularly good footballer. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, Sabios has to go. Like he, he's just not. He he has to I go. Blood. Pl- he has to go. Blood. <laughs> 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 such a good impression oh, um, he those, has to go blood he has to go he has to go blood <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, what are we talking about Sabayos yeah so, Sabayos, so yeah. Sabayos, you can tell with this podcast um, Sabayos yeah like he just he isn't a 10 he isn't an 8 no and he's not between them. He's not a nine. Do you know what I mean? He's he's not a six. It, what? He's nothing. He, he's nothing. Um, but he just I don't know. He just he just hasn't got, got the minerals, man. Left. Yeah, more catchphrases. Uh, um, he just hasn't got the facilities, big man. Oh my god, yeah. we're, we're going. Um, but yeah, I, I just think he's got to go. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say it. I think he he should yeah. go back to Real Madrid in the summer we, because he's just and they and should also, sell him somewhere. Yeah, and and you know, like if he got a run, yeah, if he got a run in a Getafe or a Real Sociedad or whatever type team, I think he'd do pretty well because yeah. I think he'd suit Spanish football as well. But I don't just in the in the Prem and, and especially in European football, I just I don't see it for him. I, and yeah, I also want to highlight um David Luiz who Alex hello. is Spain not in France? Uh, Spain not in France? <laughs> is Spain not in Europe? <laughs> you fuck that. Also, I meant European. <laughs> I massively fuck that. Yeah, it was it was a good try. Um, to be fair, we both we both <laughs> fucked it there. That's a, yeah, that's there a solid thirty seconds for blue for real there. <laughs> um, I also want to highlight David Luiz because um, it's you have to go back to the Man City game when he last didn't play, which is nearly a month ago now. Mm. I just had a little look on BBC yeah. Sport um, while you were talking and not listening to you. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it's an interesting one because I mean we've discussed before about his kind of place and role in the squad. We don't really need to go back over that kind of that kind of ground. But I mean, in build up, okay, I see the balls over the top. I see the um I see that he keeps us in a high line in games recently. But again, I think he had an I think there was a, there was a game recently where we, we talked about this and I think it was another type of game tonight where when David Luiz doesn't seem to be balling out from centre back, when he doesn't seem to be pushing us into a high line, I felt like we were dropping back quite a lot. Again I go, Why are you there? Like it it just yeah, there, it, 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 it feels strange because there's games when he balls out and you're like, okay, I, I see your function. But today I just mm. didn't see that at all. No, um, no, no. Yeah, agreed. This was a game for a Rob Holding. 
or yeah. a more just defensive-minded centre-back in that yeah. we didn't... Because of the way we set up as well, it, for me, a lot, a lot of it felt like we were just trying to let Olympiacos run themselves out and then we'd break with pace, you know, starting... Yeah. Um, if it was, well, the with Smithrow on the left, the Bamiyang through the middle and Pepe on the right, felt quite natural for Smithrow to drift into the centre and have those two runners off of him. Mm. And it felt more that we were trying to punish them with speed and like um, and physical presence rather than technical build-up and technical play. So it made no sense to then not have yeah. a more defensively Solid. proficient because that yeah. their, their goal as well i was i was like screaming at my computer like close the angle off and i know that gabriel then does come and closes the angle off and it deflects deflection. off of him and goes <laughs> yeah. in yeah but gabriel shouldn't have to come and close that curled far side angle off yeah, david yeah. louise should be covering it and yeah. then he's he he not David Luiz's defensive work there has then taken another player out of position mm. and in games you know they were lucky to get the goal because obviously it's deflected off and it's gone in but in other games where you're facing elite level competition the fact that your left-sided center back has been dragged out of place by your right-sided center back is something that um Pep's Man City Klopp's Liverpool all of these like big 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 clubs will exploit yeah. just from kind of having better quality players. Pure personnel. If you've got Sterling there, Gabriel has to shift over because he knows what that guy can do and he knows he's going to spin David Luiz. So yeah, it's it's a strange one. I just hope we sort that position out. It feels a bit like a glaring kind of... like It's it's almost like an accident waiting to happen. It feels like... Yeah. You know when you see... It's like, I don't know, like a ladder, like perched precariously against like a wardrobe and you're like, okay, we someone's got to move that because that's, that's, there's a disaster waiting to happen there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, what was going to say? Yeah, we start off the game um, again as we always kind of do in decent control. Uh, I think I feel like we always start in a, in a, in, a, in a fair amount of control, and then kind of the variety to which we actually make that count um, <laughs> varies. Differs um, also, depending can on I just, the wind. Can I just say to all media outlets, we know Socrates is an ex-Arsenal player. It was mentioned like oh, four me. times in build-up, about three times. Whenever Socrates got the ball, of course, returning to North. We know. We and then shots at the end. Yeah, ooh, oh, there they are. They're talking. Oh, look, he's an ex-Arsenal player. Did you know that? If you're watching this game, you're probably an Arsenal fan or Olympiacos fan, so you'll know that. So you don't. You don't need to tell us about eight or nine times. I'm really annoyed about. He got that. man of the match. He got disproportionate. Man of the match. Did he? Yeah, he got man of the match. I thought he put in a great performance. You know, know. For, for that that he is the kind of centre back that we needed rather than David Luiz in this game. Yeah, in this yeah, yeah. Somebody somebody to like just purely do nothing but yeah. crunch into tackles, smack the ball out of play, and yeah. keep the defensive shape and solidity there. Yeah. Um yeah, and you know, I I I I'd really be interested in seeing the numbers, but I thought that Bellerin had a decent game tonight. I don't think he was great. I don't think he was poor, but I think that this is kind of the level we ex- we should expect from like this is the mm. most I think we should expect from Bellerin. Do you want to look I up his numbers? Right. Just look look him up because yeah. I, I mean to be honest, like individually, I I I saw some nice moments from him, but again, I always feel Bellerin goes slightly. 
under the radar. I don't. I never come out of a game and think, "Oh yeah, Bellerin." Like I, I, I've never. I don't know. I just. I, I suppose I just see moments of Bellerin making a hash of something, and then I just think, "Fuck's sake!" Um, something I do want to highlight while we're on fullbacks is the importance of Tierney, mate. The that guy. Like I, th- I feel like sometimes Arsenal. Maybe as fans, we kind of get, yeah, we know Tierney, he's solid, he's such a good performer, and we kind of focus on the forwards. Tierney is maybe our most important player on the left-hand side. It's unbelievable. The amount of outballs to that guy, the amount of threaded balls, the amount he does um, underlapping and overlapping, the amount he dovetails with Smith Rowe. He's like our main attacking outlet, and so much of our threat, you watched it in the North London derby, so much of our threat comes from Tierney. He is so important, so, so important. And like, I know this is a bit panicky and a bit tragic but like I hope we're talking about um, talking about a new contract with him because he's coming up to his mid-twenties and you know I'd love to get him tied down to another three four five year deal um, extension or whatever because he's just he's like I think in terms of our build-up he's probably our most important player um, especially when we're, we're facing teams who don't allow us to go central and Olympiacos did allow us to, to go centrally this time but yeah I think he's so important you found the numbers mate yeah, sorry, mate. It just for some reason I clicked on Olympiacos and it took me to Southampton, so that was great. Um, Standard, <laughs> standard shit. Uh, okay, um, yeah, no. On Tierney, before we pop onto Bellerin's numbers, I, I totally agree with you. I think he's future Arsenal captain for me. Um, I don't Did think you see the open mic. Thing? Anyone shows the level. Have you seen that? If you haven't seen that, by the way, go and watch on Arsenal's YouTube channel. There's a whole thing of Tierney in the North London derby. Oh. Just have you not seen it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, mate, no, 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 I have seen it. I thought you meant something else when calling it an open... I've seen the clips of him, you know, mate. like, barking orders and... And stopping the, the counter-attack like, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he is sensational. And for me, is one of the only players that really kind of shows as much desire... He shows the desire and commitment that I want from a captain. I don't think your captain has to be your best player, your most technically proficient, your highest paid player, none of this. You think of uh, legendary Arsenal captains from kind of previous bygone eras. Tony Adams, while a linchpin of the side, was never the best footballer, but is probably the best Arsenal captain in history, purely from the point that he led that team. Bit harsh from William And Dallas, I think okay. Tierney is a... Yeah, but uh, who knows? Who knows? All right, so uh, Bellerin's numbers. Um, two dribbles, uh, fouled once, uh, one shot defensive-wise... Um, one tackle, one interception, six clearances, which is great. Uh, uh, only bested by Tierney on six as well. And then Gabrielle on eight. Uh, one block shot and passing wise, 23 passes, 87% act, one cross and one long ball. So a, a kind of passable game. Like, I don't Maybe think that's it would, it's, not, it's not yeah. something... <laughs> Yeah, like it's 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 nothing that's ever going to set the world on fire or anything like that. But it is enough. It's okay. Yeah. And, and, and there was like while while we have no choice and we can't go out and buy another player, it's fine. Yeah, there was a good moment with Bellerin as well. What I remember now, where he played, um, he broke the lines to give uh, Sabas the ball. And then there's a chance uh, with Pepe where he didn't square it to Bamiang. That was like, one of our like big chances in the first half. One of the only real real chances in the first half, other than the Sabayos ball to Bamiang that he's miscues. Um, but I thought, you know, yeah, really good moment from Bellerin, um, and good from Sabayos. I mean, I thought, you know, kind of 
we were we were looking really good centrally and I think the spaces that we don't necessarily get in the Premier League, we were able to exploit a little bit in the midfield. I think we saw, especially in, when this, in the second half, what ha- maybe having someone like Erdegaard in the first half might have done for us. Um, yeah. It was just a, it was just a case of a load of missed chances, especially in that second half, but but equally in the first. Um, I, I really liked Aubameyang pressing from the front. That was a really nice pressing trigger. Um, Triggering as much the press, as, yeah. Yeah, like as much as he missed chances I thought his overall game was 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 okay but what's interesting is watching him playing that role and how different he does it to Lacazette because maybe sometimes he's accused of not dropping as much as Lacazette and I thought he was dropping well um, and he was triggering the press really nicely and forcing them to go long and that's I think that's where the that, that chance came from actually um, so yeah I thought he was doing that mm. quite well he, obviously he missed chances and his overall build-up game they're somewhat better but we know that um, oh so, of course uh, and I think yeah. that the, the issue is is his overall score will be massively marred by the bigger chances he's missed. It won't be a true representation. It's like uh, if a player misses a penalty, it massively goes against them and their rating, even though that's one 15-second moment within the game yeah. that could take them yeah. down from having a decent rating because they've performed well, but they've just had this one moment where it hasn't gone right for them. Yeah, yeah. He's got to finish that from Zabaros as well. Like, you know, as much oh. as I can praise his other work, like... You've got to finish one of them, mate. <laughs> like, and you know, yeah, it's easy that's for me to the sit thing. And say that, that's but... the thing. I don't know as you, well. No, but you, as know... In, you could, you can make excuses by going, oh, uh, he could, like, you can make excuses for one because you go, okay, he needed a sighter, like he needed just a chance to kind of get his head in the game and all of this because you know he was dropped from the North London derby, but to miss Dad, three big you, chances in a game, game, yeah, not good enough. It's not fucking good enough. Um, uh, they did get us at one point route one David Luiz pushing us up high line which I think is partly why we dropped back in the second half because they were shit scared um, that that was going to uh, happen again that that was going to happen again I think that's why we started dropping off a little bit um, and the ball went over the top and Bellarabi I mean what a save from Leno um, you highlighted some of his distribution which I think is is dodgy at times Um but yeah, I don't think. Yeah, and I said to you, I don't think it's his technical ability. I just think it, it's it's the it's intelligence is the wrong word because I'm not calling him an idiot, but like it's the I don't think he's used to playing out from the back in the sense, and I don't think he has the mental capacity yet. He hasn't learned how to. He's too indecisive. He doesn't know which way to go half the time. And I, I spotted this in the the last match against Spurs. There's a moment where. He's on the edge of the box with the ball and Xhaka screams at him to Mm. distribute it out to the right. I think it was Saka in space or somebody in space and he just completely ignores it and just rolls it to the left and then the chance is gone. And also he's always, the the second he gets the ball from a a break or something, he just holds onto it just that bit too long. Sometimes he's straight out and that's nice, but you watch him, often it cuts to the keeper. So if you watch on the, I know we're, because we can't be in the stands. If you watch, often it will cut to just burned and he just holds on to it that little bit too long when the counter is definitely on, especially in a game like this, as you just highlighted earlier on, about how we can kill them on the press uh, and on the on the counter press. Like we can do that. We can kill them. We can, we've got Pepe, we've got Bamiya, we've got runners. So do that. And Leno just slightly allows them to get back into their shape. It's a shame. And you, there are loads of moments from other goalkeepers like you think Edison where he's whacked a, a ball over the top. I think it's the, it might even be the, is it the Watkins goal when they beat us like 3-1 or 4-1 or something? 
where um, the Villa game three 0 yeah, the Villa game at um, the Emirates yes, where Martinez, one ball out, one ball up, and then it's, it's pretty much a goal. And you just think, in in those moments, it, that didn't take an awful lot of technical ability. All it just yeah, took was yeah. being decisive to make the decision yeah. to, there's the ball, go and do something, let's hit them on the yeah, break. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know that's how Villa play. They play with pace and they like to break against teams and dribble at teams mm-hmm. when teams are resetting. But this is how we set up today and mm. the lack of having a key. And I think that Byrne can learn to do a better job. I just think that it's more his style to play a different brand of football, which is why maybe not this summer, but next summer we should look to pick up a new goalkeeper whose speciality yeah. is playing out from the back. Mm. And especially when like in a game where we we're sat with two in a double pivot in the middle Sabios, as you say, isn't really picking up those pockets of space out on the right or left. He's kind of a bit vertical in the middle and sometimes isn't isn't far forward enough for me. We need those runners and we need those counter-attacking moments. So having a keeper where it all starts from, um, it's, it, it, I mean, it's, it, let's not get into the squad building discussion, but again, it all depends on who we sign at right back, who we sign at centre uh, mid. It all depends, but I do think uh, Leno is, is, is somewhere to look at. I just want to highlight before we go on to the second half, um, Pepe. Something I noticed is like, I have never seen a coach speak to a player so much as he does with Pepe. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, if you if you turn your volume up really loud, Mikel is just, Nico, Nico, Nico. Nico run, Nico back, Nico shape, Nico mentality. At one point he says Nico right foot because he's not using his right foot to defend. And it's an interesting one because <laughs> it's not as simple as like, if your boss at work is constantly shouting at you to do the one, it's just too a simplistic analogy. But that must grate on you a bit as a player. And but but from the flip side of that, Mikel feels the need to say that all the time. He feels the need that he has to keep going on at him, otherwise he won't do the work. And that's really interesting. When we when we have these discussions around selection, we don't know what he's been asking Pepe to do. But the fact that he spends most of his night shouting at Nico Pepe says something to me. Yeah, I think it depends as to why, you know, Pepe's probably the one that you hear him talk to the most, but he does shout at other players. And I think that, you know, shouting at Pepe right foot when he's the most one-footed player I've seen for a long time. But that's in a defensive contribution. He's saying, use your right foot to tackle. Like, it's that level of micromanagement on on one player and I agree yeah, he does sh- he does get at other players I 100% agree but not as much as Pepe but Trust it, me. yeah not as much as Pepe and I I think again it's all it's all speculative as to why that is because you know he'll come out in the press and say that Nico's doing really really well and progressing well what did he say there was like a phrase that yeah from a while yeah, back I, you know yeah, or yeah. something there was like a specific phrase that for some reason will not come to mind um that he said about Pepe and as then and I don't think Pepe is in his plans, kind of. No. If you're talking about like a four or five year plan of like where yeah. if he's going to be in charge for five years, where he wants this squad to go. Yeah. Probably not. Like definitely not because what he'll want to do is keep Saka out on that right hand side and have um, an inside forward on the left channel. Hmm. Because Saka brings us so much balance on that right hand side. Yeah. And I, I, so. Yeah. It. I, it. it, it it's uh, square pegs round holes at the moment. And 
though I think Pepe isn't a player that we should sell in the summer because I think there's a need to kind of again it's about squad building but like mm. you, you can't you can't tear the entire house down to build the like to build like do you know what I mean no yeah if yeah, we, yeah, yeah if yeah. we try to do too much we will fuck ourselves over going forward I feel so like I think pe- that it's you get me with Sorry. Pepe it's like a, we'll give him another season we'll he needs to be starting more games because I think that he one we need to do it because we need to manage the asset and kind of try and get his value back up to a, an acceptable level where you know we paid 72 million pounds for him if we can get 40 you know it's pushing it but great we just need to be doing that work and not starting him for the sake of not starting him isn't going to help us and especially with what our opinions about William are that he should be moved on in the in the summer moving on two wingers especially when you know the news has come out that we're training Martinelli as a center forward which I personally think is brilliant I just think that he I think we should transition him personally in my opinion to a left winger and have Saka on the right and Pepe on the left because it almost works perfectly having that dovetailing with yeah Alba coming out and Pepe's, Pepe's on the in. outside because he's because because he's lefty yeah. yeah that's a really good shot I think what I think what you said about square pegs round holes is, is just is exactly what it is it's just yeah I think I think the problem is and I think you're right about you know he's been, he, he didn't sign Pepe this is a guy who he doesn't want he's not someone he he's playing in a system something I thought about in the first half is like I imagine he's he Pepe's going I'm not in this guy's long-term plans I'm good at very specific things I'm good at with space in front of me. I'm good at cutting in. I'm good at collecting the ball, low touch player, sticking it in the net, being there to being there late arrivals in the box. That's what Pepe's good at, but that's not the thing he's being asked to do. He's being asked to play the wall passes, to double up on the defenders, to um to sometimes to go over to the other side so he can't cut in. He's he's being asked to hold the ball, progress the ball. These these are things that Pepe isn't good at. And we had this discussion slightly last last time. But I imagine he's sort of going, listen, I can change my entire game to fit what Arteta wants or I can just push for a move in the summer. And I th- to me, that's probably what Pepe's doing because he's going, I can, I can alter exactly how I play and every, you know, everything I do or I can just go, do you know what? I'm going in the summer. It doesn't really, bo- it doesn't really bother me. And I think everyone's you know happy with that. Do you know who he'd be sensational for? Do you know who he'd be sensational for? Who would he be sensational for, Brad? Jose Mourinho Spurs. Who? Jose Mourinho's Spurs. Sorry, don't know. N- never heard of them. Don't know who you mean. I think they're are they, are they in are they are they in the it's, it's they the ch- history. It's the history of it's the, the history of the top. The history of the top. <laughs> but no, on a serious note, uh, a system where sit back, wait until you get the opportunity opportunity for blistering p- pace, barely any touches, three touches, hit a shot. Yeah. try and get the do you know what i mean that suits yeah, yeah, yeah. the kind of player that pepe is rather than possession based technical build up let's keep the ball ret- retain it and then work a mm. kind of more of a passing it into the net rather than relying on scoring a 30 yard screamer or yeah. hitting them at 100 miles an hour scoring two goals in the first 30 minutes and then sitting in a bank of 11 for the rest of the game so Yep, uh, Alba was too wide because uh, he was taking up the spaces with uh, Smith Rowe and Tierney. He needs to sit, he, especially when we're not playing a ten. Those spaces are there. He needs to sit in it. 
There you go. Yeah, sure I think he's listening. that's why he's not our... Listen up, I just, Pierre I think Emmerich. that's why, moving, again, moving forward, I don't think Aubameyang is in our long term. I think the, the more and more I look at this contract and I look at this situation, it just is asset management because mm-hmm. it, even if, it, even if Pierre did everything, Pete. every game, to the absolute maximum of his ability. I don't think he fits the type of number nine profile yeah. that Arteta wants going it's more forward. square pegs around holes, man. Again, so I just... And I think, you know, everyone... Everyone, you know, you hear Oli chatting shit in uh, saying to press, you know, that a, a trophy win can... Uh, can hide your failings and you know I much prefer to look at league positions well if you want to look at league positions you're 15 behind behind City and we've beaten you once in the league and drawn with you once in the league like if you put Mikel Arteta in charge of Man United he would be getting much better results than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he is a better manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You can't, like, I don't, it's really harsh on Arteta to compare him to people who have, one, been in the job longer, one, been a manager for longer, and two, have had so much more money to spend. Well, I'll like, say a that, ridiculous yeah. amount more money to spend. I'll Come say on. this. I think, I think Arteta is an ideology manager, and I think Oli is a... Passion get the, manager. Get the most out of the players manager. But who do I think, if they were both back to the hilt, would do better? Arteta, that round. Oh um, yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't even be a. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like it's not even close. No. Uh, second half, um, we were losing the ball, losing the ball. Gabriel, so much, Gabriel yeah, losing the ball. Sabahos losing the ball. Ajaka uh, losing the ball, and then that led to the goal. Sabahos was uh, on a marauding run, sort of zigzagging his way up the Emirates pitch. Up the carpet, he lost the ball to Jan and Via. Um, wait, he lost the ball to Jan and Via, and they ago. scored. I, yeah, I don't understand what? that because if because we would have scored if if, if Jan and Via got. <laughs> yeah, the ball. I don't understand. That's odd. Um, but we just needed to find some shape. If you don't get that, just don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> basically, no, I'm not even going to explain it. Um, no, I think the best gags are when you explain them. That's what I reckon. Um, we just looked really out of shape. I remember watching the the. Um, why am I saying it? This it was years ago. Earlier, I was watching the game, <laughs> which is which we're talking about. Shut up, Alex. And uh, the replay showed um, literally like four players bunched, three players bunched. Do the maths. Three more players bunched. There was no shape when Savas lost the ball. It felt like three out on the right, three out on the left, three out yeah. on the left. And four in the all bunch, and our shape was so abysmal, and that's why we brought on Odegaard and Party. And I think that technical security um, after their goal just chilled us out a bit because we were heading. We never do things the easy way, do we? We were heading. Um, we definitely don't. That we red were... card of theirs also m- massively helped us. Yeah. Was it a red like, card? And also, <laughs> was it a yellow? Well, it's it's a, it's a yellow for the elbow, and I think I think that's more of a. That wasn't his first foul. I think that's more of a collection yellow rather than a. Yeah. He committed a few fouls by then. Let me, yeah. I'm gonna, let me have a look at the player statistics mm. for him. That's eleven games in a row without a clean sheet. Yeah, that's very worrying. 
Mm. Especially considering sort of early on in the season, we had a kind of period of, we, we had like the second best defence in the league. And I know just conceding one goal every game isn't the worst thing in the world. Like we're not shipping seven or eight, but no, it's, but it's still not good in when we're not finishing our chances well enough. And I think part of that is consistency around who's playing. Like, could you could you name who our centre backs for sure are going to be for West Ham? No, no, I, I. What do you mean? But bro? I think that that's, what's wrong with you? But that, I, th- I, think I, th- that, I think Gabriel again, will play. It just but... speaks to yeah. I think Gabriel will play, and I think that Louise is likely to start. But it, it just speaks to. Uh, it speaks to the squad issue we've got, which is why a lot of the podcasts like are going to end up, we're just going to say, well, we've got a mishmash squad because that is the truth. We've got so many people who offer us one thing, but don't offer us another. So we're kind of throwing things everywhere. Uh, but on that, um, on the fouls from that guy, uh, I think six, by that point, something like, there were, there were about six of their players committed fouls like of their back line, pretty much their whole back line had committed fouls. It was obviously late on in the game. It was his second foul and there were three other players on two fouls. So I think it's more of like a straw that breaks the camel's back. There's been far too many fouls. There needs to be a card shown. And then obviously he got the second yellow for kicking the ball away, which is considered descent. So he got the second yellow and got sent off. How fucking stupid. Yeah, and he was crying after. You're down in a European tie. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you crying? Why are you showing emotions? Ugh. Men don't show emotions. Ugh. Um, that was a joke. Um, it's a, it was just banter. <laughs> that, just, that, that video is just Vine <laughs> to me. <Yeah>. To <laughs> that is Vine. <laughs> oh, and then we know. just missed, a, what's the phrase? Litany of shots. Do you know what I wrote down? I wrote down, we left our shooting boots at home. At home. (laughs) Who am I? A fucking 50-year-old dad who just watches son play Sunday League. Well, you all left your shooting boots at home, didn't you? Um, uh, uh, I thought I'd have gone... Jermaine Genus punditry. Yeah, that level. Jamie Redknapp. Erdegaard had a great chance, skied it. Pepe um, had a chance, hit Smith Rowe. I think he had another chance that he skied. Alba had another chance with the back heel. I think he might have had it. It was just chance after chance after chance, and we were not taking it. And another day, we'd be sat here going, for fuck's sake, fuck. Arsenal. Um, yeah. But we're through, so it doesn't matter. I also think that a lot, a fair amount of our lackadaisical play, though, came from being 3-1 up with three away goals. So yeah. I think it it is it is <laughs> difficult to comment on. Like, can, I, can I say something? I'm so sorry. Yeah, Go for At it. Three two. It. I was going. Fuck! If they if they score, they're going through. I was panicking because I forgot that the how the away goals rule works, and I had like a full 10, 15 minutes of that game going. I'm stressed, man. And everyone everyone watching me with with me was like, "What? Why?" I was like, I'm stressed. If they score, that. <sighs> but no, like I, 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 I just. I think that the men- the mentality coming into this game was one of we'll defend, we'll try and keep them out. At most, what we're going to do is just limit the amount of goals they score. 
that I, I I don't I don't think that was the tactical outlook from Arteta, but I think that that was the attitude of a few of the players. Maybe, but again, who the fuck knows? Like it's all it's all just speculation and conjecture. Claxon, conjecture ahead. Um. This blank ended a run of scoring in 25 consecutive Europa League matches. Not bad, is it? What? As in, as not blank. As in the blank. As as firing a blank. We left our shooting oh. boots at home. I get what you mean now. Yeah. And it's the first defeat of the of the Europa kind of campaign this season, which mm. again is decent uh, yeah. and. If it had Moving to happen. forward, who knows who... Yeah, it's good that it's happened now. It'd be interesting to see who we get. I'll just check the United score to see if they're through. Because that game will be nearly over. Yeah, it looks like they're through. Okay. Um, it'd be interesting to see who gets who in the quarters. Who's left in it? It's Slavia Prague. If, you, if Slavia Prague and United continue, they're through... Ajax are through, Dinamo are through, we're through. I'm trying to think who else. Rangers are out, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's either Mulder or Granada. One of them are through. So there's some, there's still some like decent, easier opponents moving forward. Yeah. Like I wouldn't mind a Mulder in the next leg. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I want, I want the England 2018 World Cup run to the final that we still managed to fuck up. <laughs> Just want to share with you. Also, I think I think a Talking Points episode needs to be about how we are wasting a golden opportunity with a golden generation of English talent on a manager that got... I th- I'm pretty sure he got, like, Middlesbrough relegated. Like, Yeah, but he got to a semi-final. Do you know what I mean? I through through an awful lot of luck, lucky draws, and then the first yeah, the like first we didn't half decent anyone. team we came up against. Yeah, the first half decent team we came up against in Colombia took us the penalties, and the next one beat us. It's so, it, what is it with you? Southgate, Wizzy, uh, Bruno Fernandez, Liverpool. This is the first time I've ever mentioned Southgate. No, no about. chance. You've mentioned Southgate so many times on this podcast. Um, Surely. I just want to say something, Brad. Liverpool <laughs> are through it, in European competitions. Liverpool are through. City are through. Chelsea are through. Arsenal are through. United are through. Spurs are Spurs. It is the history of the top. It's the history of the top. Anything else on the game, Brad? <laughs> oh, no. All right. There was a lot to chat about with that game, was there? We'll see you after this. News and views. Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views, but mostly ours. Just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these podcasts, you can support us on Patreon and buy me a coffee. Links are in the show description. <sighs> well, we're here, Brad. Uh, just a quick I bit. I think of... I need to make a... Go on. For, for, to start off this news and views, I think I need to make a, uh, an apology to a oh. certain somebody. Shall I play the voice note? Um, so I had... We've had no, a... no, no, no. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep this in... We'll keep what was said in private. Mm, I don't think we should. No. Nah, we should. Sure. Give it a play. I, give it a play. <laughs> I have a friend called Adam who took umbrage to what Brad has been saying on the podcast recently. I... We've had a complaint to, in, to... essentially. We have. 
we have. It took umbrage to me and saying that. You know that I oh, love here we Brad, go. Right, but he can fuck off in the first twenty minutes of the podcast after the Spurs game. Oh my! I'm listening and I'm really resisting the urge not to just mute him. Um, a, I want to hear more of you, just because you know I'm biased. Who doesn't? But B, if he tells me Who that Aubameyang's problems is because of Arteta and a petulant 19-year-old in Salah were coming out and saying, or Gwen Doozy coming out and saying, Unai Emery is the best coach, or I wasn't treated well. Yeah, of course, because they they're not playing. <laughs> they're upset. Good point. But nothing. And if he goes on one more time about this bloody William thing, how many times has he mentioned that? <laughs> Um, ran over, but oh my gosh, give Arteta a break. Come on, get over, William. So I think, uh, I think it, I think it should now just be, it should just be put to bed, the William Dubai situation. It's the final time it will ever be mentioned. Uh, it's something I'm it. having to mentioned. let go. Done. I feel, I feel, <laughs> I feel, you know, bereft about having to do so. What are you going to talk about on the podcast, mate? What are you going to talk when, whenever we discuss whenever we discuss know. the culture, you're going to have no points to make. Um Yeah, I'm just not allowed to have opinions about culture at the club. Oh, don't play that card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boo-hoo, I don't have a platform. Oh, if only someone would let me have a platform to give my if opinions. If only someone would let me have opinions. <laughs> It's so hard being a white man with opinions. Oh, oh no! <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so... To be fair, he is right, so... He is right. Uh, okay, He's so, a couple of bits of news. Uh, Ghana have not called up Thomas Party uh, for their upcoming African Cup of Nations. I think it's qualifiers, maybe, um, because of COVID restrictions, which is good news for us. Saka's been called up to the England squad, but generally... Please don't play. Please don't play. Please don't yeah, play. I'm hoping he doesn't. But generally, we're all right for the international break, so I'm hoping we come through fairly unscathed. Emil Smith-Rowe's been... Um, uh, what's the word? Signed up? Called up, that's the word, called to up. the uh, England under-21 squad. So congratulations, Emil. Like, like Pierre, well I'm sure you're listening. Um... Just want to bring up the Martinelli news. Uh, Arteta's comments during the week around Martinelli. He's basically saying Strange. he'll have his chances. He says, if anything, it's uh, asked about um, basically why he's not playing. He said, if anything, it's my fault, said the boss. He's done everything perfectly. He trains incredibly well every day and his attitude couldn't be better. Uh, he needs to be patient and he will get his chance. Um, yeah, I, I I feel like he's slightly giving him the Foden treatment, um, which I don't mind. Yeah, but with Foden, he's a City fan, so you can... Do you know what I mean? As in, if you're, like, London-born and bred or City-born and bred, you're at the club that you've supported since you were a kid, I think you give the club more leeway to... Like, for example, with Jadon Sancho, when Jadon Sancho wasn't breaking through and getting given opportunities, it's no secret that Jadon Sancho's a Chelsea fan, so he mm. fucked off to Dortmund. So you, I look at that and I understand what you're saying by the Phil Foden treatment. I just kind of go... I don't know how much of a factor that the, is. The reason that... The reason that Phil Foden gets the Phil Foden treatment is he had players like David Silva, Bernardo Silva, Mares, De Bruyne in front of him. My man's got like William and Pepe, and like it for me, it just seems strange, especially when there's almost been perfect moments to bring him on. 
when yeah. like, the game state has been perfectly set up to have that runner in behind, to have that pressing energy and pace. I thought the it Spurs just makes game these was comments game seem very strange. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I'm mm. going, well, if he's training well and if he's doing all of this really, really well, and he's not got absolutely world class players in front of him, what is the thing that's stopping him from? being brought off the bench, being included in a starting lineup here and there. Because, you know, we saw with his first uh, kind of moment on the game is drawing a foul from one of their players. And OK, he, no one can give him the credit that the player then kicks the ball away and gets himself sent off. But he got the player put on a yellow card by breaking away from it and drawing the foul. So I just... I don't... I, I As in, I'm not, I, I'm not ripping Arteta for it. For me, it's just a slight, almost like... It feels like slight juxtaposition, like what he's saying and what's going on just feel like they're yeah. a bit at odds with each other. I don't know. I I, 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 I agree with everything you say, um, which is, you know, might be the first. Then end like... of the point. <laughs> That's it then. No, I just... A That's little, it. Let's move on. A little... A little... <laughs> Addition. A, coda, a little curtailment. As Tim Stillman calls it. A coda to that is I do think there's certain value in making young, hungry players like him wait, especially when the person mm. filling his position is a Bamiyang. I don't... I agree with you. Like, there's games where I think he should come on. Like, for example, like the Spurs game. But there are people who I saw, <laughs> saw like, an 11 of, like, people... This is how people who want Arteta out want us to play. And it was like Martinelli, Abamyang, Pepe, Saka, Smithrow, Erdegaard, Lacazette, and then like two defenders. And I do agree, like you have to find a balance. We are so stacked. Ultimately, we're, so we're stacked. massively stacked, and he has to wait a bit for his opportunities, as do Nelson and, and Katia. And that's fine. I think he should get a bit more, but equally, I'm not concerned about it because I think I think no, he knows and- what he's got on his what what he's got, you know. And also the fact that he's training to be a striker, like he won't be at the level yet in terms of all-round game of no, Aubameyang no, or Lacazette. So, and that's fine. No, of course not. And if you look at photos of him, like when he was celebrating... He's so caring then. Goals in the, Sounded like a dad. The... So, no. No, 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 you won't, Gabby. No, no, no. Gabby, come here. Come but on. like photos of him uh, celebrating goals in the North London derby, like he, he looks happy and elated. So yeah. I don't think I'm worried about there being fractions behind. I, I, I genuinely, I, I think I was, I was just a bit confused by the comments in that they seemed to be contradictory to what was going on. But I don't, yeah. the thing is, is I also, I, I really do get the point of keeping a player like him so hungry that when he does get that opportunity, he just storms it is is you know it's not a bad idea we just got to hope it works <laughs> arsenal season it's not a bad idea just got to hope it works <laughs> just got to hope it works <laughs> do you reckon we can get the different podcast in steve round's left airpod that he wears every every uh, arsenal game maybe, he, maybe maybe i reckon he's listening to it steve if you're listening to this during the west ham game just give us a little wave um <laughs> give us a little wave uh, Matteo Guendouzi gave a little interview during the week which we thought could uh, fly some sparks or whatever the phrase is not the phrase um, the interviewer asked him is the story between Arsenal and Matteo Guendouzi over? it's because it's in the French it's with France football so I'm doing a French accent no not at all gags now are I'm always f- funny when you explain them <laughs> now I'm focused on my season with <laughs> Er- Berlin, 
Next, we will have a sit-down with my entourage and people at the club to think and discuss the future. I am still an Arsenal player. This summer will be a decisive moment. Could you come back to... Sorry. Could you come back to Arsenal with Mikel Arteta as manager? Yes, of course. I belong to Arsenal for another year until June 2022. So in light of that, Guendouzi's contract coming up, that was the, the comments, my shit French accent aside, I feel sound quite mature. And also he, um, you know, I know we're looking for that. So we're going to be going, is it mature? Because that's like his problem. But also he's had a baby this year. He's been fighting relegation. Like I imagine his perspective. He's had a baby? Isn't he like fucking Well, his, par- his partner had a baby. He wouldn't have had a baby. Why would you say that? That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, Jesus, fair enough, Mateo. Yeah. So he's younger than both of us. Yeah. He's, if, if he's 21, he's nearly, I'm almost 25 and he's just had a kid. Fucking hell. Yeah. Come on, mate. Jesus. But you're not a professional footballer with millions of pounds. So. Yeah, um, earning like 60, 70k a week. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, yeah, in, in light of those comments, like I'm very much keen on giving him a go, for sure. Yeah, I just think that the only way that that happens if you, is if you give him, an, obviously, a new long-term deal because we either sell him this summer for 20 million or 25 million, whatever we could kind of get for him, or we... Give him a new contract, give him a run. I just don't know if he fits w- the way that we're playing moving forward. Yeah. Maybe if we transition to a 4-3-3, he could be that kind of progressive eight in that three setup because he does have a decent amount of defensive acumen to kind of also contribute on that side of things. So that it wouldn't be the worst idea. I do just and I I I I do think he's got a great personality. Like I remember moments yeah. of him hanging Characters. out of the back of the car yeah. after like winning the North London Derby, like screaming at fans and hugging them out of the window of a car. And you you need some of that energy within a club. Yeah. And I, I if things can be worked out, I would be really pleased because depending on kind of what system we go for moving forward, he could be a really, really great squad option. But if not, and we know that we're not going to transition to a way that's going to suit him, we should just sell him in the summer rather than giving him a new contract, sitting him on the bench and letting him depreciate even more just through Mm. kind of the echoes. Because at the moment, what it feels like is ex-star boy has had a fractious relationship with the new manager and has had to go somewhere else to get game time. And that's why he, you know, isn't performing to the amazing levels that he was when he was 19 under Emery. Whereas if we sign him up to a new contract and he comes back and he performs for us, but just doesn't quite perform that well, yep. it will just appreciate what value probably that we could even just get out of him with a year left on his contract. Agree, agree. I, I don't see him as party's long-term partner, but there's certainly something there. Uh, just want to finish it all depends up. if it's a double pivot though, doesn't it? Like, yeah, do you know what no, I mean? Depends if it's a double pivot and it's not two partners or whatever. Yeah. I think Basuma would be fucking great though. Oh my God. Yeah, he's sexy. Basuma in that midfield would be beautiful. Reports this week around Martin Erdegaard um, that he's told his agent that he wants to stay at Arsenal and to start negotiating that. I think the better Madrid do, which they seem to be doing pretty well at the moment, the better for us. Um, scored two good goals Zidane this week. Should have had, job. Yeah, should have had, a, should have had another goal tonight. Um, but also talking about his leadership qualities, like I, we have to praise Edu because you know we've had some some comments. He's been made the uh, Norway ma- uh, he's been made the Norway manager this week. He's been made the prime minister of Norway this week, um, and uh, um, 
Uh, he's been made, no, he's been made the captain of Norway. Um, and when asked about it, Arteta said he wasn't surprised at all. He said, um, you know, uh, what did he say about his leadership? He said, uh, I'm not surprised at all. He's got this personality. He's a really humble and easygoing guy. But at the same time, he's very, very professional and very le- dedicated. He leads by example, which normally a captain should do. And I think, like, in terms of, I think he is the, firstly, well done, Edu, for getting this guy in because he Unbelievable is exactly what we needed. If you think about what we needed in that position, we needed someone who would slightly shift to the right because we have a bit of an overload on the left. He's the guy who massively flourishes in the right half space. He's got a wand of a left foot. He plays part the, the type of passes, the, the reverse passes and cutting through balls, especially beyond the final line, which we didn't have. He's someone who takes shots from outside the box, which again, we didn't have. Um, he's an amazing age profile. He's someone who's a leader. He's someone who's clearly very professional. He's someone who clearly is going to be hopefully part of the culture change. If we can get this guy for a decent price, that is unbelievable business. Consider Arsenal, just go back into say, you know, that awful period in December and go Arsenal this summer are going to sign Martin Erdegaard. You'd be like, what the fuck? That is a great signing. Yeah. If we can pull that off and it's looking more and more likely. And that is only 100%. credit to Edu and Arteta. So fair play to him. No, 100%. I think it's one of the best pieces of business we've done in a long, long time. And I think it's one thing that I we can obviously praise the deal and praise getting him through the door. But I think one thing to massively praise is, and we've seen this a few times now, is Edu's nous of spotting deals mm. that only come about because of certain situations and certain circumstances yeah. in that Zidane's fractious, fractious relationship with Erdegaard, Matt Ryan falling out of favour at Brighton because yeah. we needed a number two. And moving quickly. Um, and Crucially. getting it through the door yeah. so, so quickly. So, I mean, I say there's a lot. There's those two deals currently that look like great moments of where we've gone as a club. Okay, we need a backup goalkeeper and we need a, a centre attack in mid. Okay, Martin Erdegaard not only perfectly has what we need, but there's this situation going on at the moment that we can exploit because we've already brought Danny Ceballos back in on loan. And then, you know, the bringing in of Matt Ryan is, is has been an okay second choice. You know, I thought it performed well against Villa, but... I think he's gotten a lot of bad credit yeah. uh, and almost bad press for relationship things with Kia and hopefully moving forward that relationship doesn't play a big part in the rebuild unless the player who we are signing that is a Kia client is the perfect mould of what we need. Yeah, com- completely agree. Completely agree. Um, okay. Arsenal Trivia. Do you know which Arsenal manager... Did I tell you last week? Because this isn't fair. Uh, which Arsenal manager... Uh, won- oh, no, I knew. I knew. Okay. I answered the question. Introduced so- formations, floodlights, shirt numbers, also adding white sleeves and brighter red to the club's jersey. Do you know who it was, Brad? Like I said last week, I'm pretty sure it was George Graham. It was Herbert Chapman. You fucked it. The next question Wait, is... It was Herbert was Chapman. it Herbert Chapman? Yeah, you fucked it. I, t- uh, I said... Wait, I said last week, is it George Graham? Absolute, and you said yes. Absolutely did you, mate. Um, <laughs> did you lie to me? I, I, I think, little fucking bastard. I think I remember you asking if it was Herbert Chapman. I wouldn't have just agreed if it was... Or maybe I did, I can't remember. Maybe it was fairly mischievous. The next question is... You little bastard. Okay. The next question is... Without, oh, I was completely wrong. Without looking it up, 
Who is number 46 for Arsenal? Who is squad number number 46 for Arsenal? Like fucking Thomas Eisfeld or something. <laughs> it's so niche. So niche. Finally, Brad, to close out the show, I thought we'd do a new section Ooh. called Alfie Dewan's One Word Analysis. <laughs> Good. See you next time. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> it's the inflection that makes... Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. Find us on Twitter at DiffKnock and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.